On this episode of the Let's Go State podcast, we sit down with Sandy Barber, Director of Athletics for Penn State University, in what was a great conversation. Talked about the pandemic, nearly 365 days since COVID struck the world. Hint, that conversation involves a bag of chips. Stay tuned for that. We also talked about the hiring of a new men's basketball coach, as well as spring football and much more. Without further ado, let's get to the conversation with Sandy Barber. Right around now, about a year ago, was when the pandemic essentially shut everything down in the world. As I say that, what's your first recollection of COVID-19? Yeah, actually, Mitch, it, it was right here in, in, in what we call my library. And uh, I was sitting around this conference table and talking to, to uh, President Barron and Nick Jones uh, about what they believed was coming down the pike. Uh, we had been getting ready to go to Indianapolis um, for uh, for the men's tournament. We had been in Indy the previous week with the women, and and uh, we were getting ready to head back. And um, I remember delaying that. Uh, I was going to travel with the men. Uh, Lynn Holleran, who's our uh, deputy athletic director and sport administrator for, for men's and women's basketball, uh, we were going to go with the men on, let's say, Tuesday. And because of everything going on, um, we delayed it and um, and flew flew in the morning of what was supposed to be our first game, and uh, went straight from the airport to the shoot around, shoot around to the hotel, uh, hotel to a conference call with other Big Ten ads where the the uh, the tournament got canceled, um, and then all of obviously the the. Uh, uh, <laughs> the knock-on uh, effect after that, the NCAA tournament, and, and then everything we've been through for the last year. So um, I actually remember leaving this office on whatever day it was when, when the university shut down. And then I probably didn't come into this conference room for about five or six months. And uh, I've been in the office and I'd been in my office, but, um, and there literally was, uh, were a couple of bags of chips um, that were um, unopened, but <laughs> that had been here from a lunch, lunch that had been delivered, sandwiches that had been delivered to a couple of us who were, were working through this um, before we all left. And, and uh, those couple of bags of chips were a reminder of, uh, of where it all started. If you could use one word to sum up the last 365 days, what would that word be? Oh, one word. Um, you know, it's been a challenge. Um, but, but I would also add that it's, it's so brought out the best in, um, in our leaders here in Penn State Athletics. And, and when I say our leaders, I, you know, I'm talking about our coaches. I'm talking about our our administrators and our staff and, and our student athlete leaders um, in, in each of the programs. Um, I'm just so appreciative and grateful um, for their leadership, for their attitude, for their values, and always putting students, staff, community, health and safety first. Um, you know, that's been, uh, we've, we've been led by our values for this last year and I've never I've always been appreciative I've never been more appreciative of Penn State's really really strong values because they've they've served us well you mentioned the coaches and student athletes from an X's and O's standpoint how do you feel Penn State athletics has handled the pandemic well we've called timeouts at the right time uh, we've <laughs> uh, I, I think I, I think we've handled it really really well um uh 
I've said a bunch of times, whether it's to our management team or, or to our head coaches, you know, that our new favorite word is nimble. And uh, I, I do think that that's, um, that's certainly a key um, being able to be nimble, ad- adapt, not being so rooted in, well, it's got to be this way or it's got to be that way. Um, and, and I think that's been been huge because think of all the times that we've had a plan to do something and then, you know, you got to ball it up and throw it over your shoulder and, and, and move on to the next thing. And um, that, that's happened over and over again. And, and, and that's then where the second piece uh, comes in, and that's resilience. Um, it, it could have been really, really frustrating, particularly early on, particularly, let's say, March through August, uh, March through August or, or September. And, you know, think of all the plans that we had for, uh, for fall seasons and um, a seating plan uh, in Beaver Stadium. You know, it's going to be 50 percent. It's going to be 35 percent. It's going to be 15 percent. It's going it, to and each and every one of those times we, we had to have a plan. Um, to, to do that. Now, you know, we, we have those plans and, and uh, I hope we don't have to use them because the optimist in me, uh, you know, wants us to be and is very hopeful about being um, at, at some version of 100% uh, for, for the fall. But if not, we have, we have plans. Um, and, and that resiliency by our... Um, student athletes and staff uh, has been really, really important um, because they're, they're, they're grateful for the opportunity. They're grateful to be here. They're grateful to be a part of an organization that has their health and safety um, at the forefront. I know I'm not the only one that hopes we're back to 100% come the fall. Sandy, through the pandemic, what's impressed you about the success Penn State has found on the playing surface over the fall, winter, and early part of the spring? Well, you have to think about the, the context with, within which we're doing this. Uh, we played a relatively full football season, college football season, in the midst of, of a pandemic. You know, Penn State was only one of two Big Ten teams to, to, have, to, to play the entire scheduled um, uh, gamut of, of games. And um, I just think about, our head coaches and and our our programs and the discipline with which they've uh, approached this, um, it's been really impressive. Uh, we've had our ups and downs um, in terms of uh, of some positives uh, here or there to be expected, uh, but all in all, we've been really really good, and um, that's taken. Uh, discipline and sacrifice on the part of, uh, of our student athletes, our coaches, our support staff, everybody around them, parents who know that they, they can't see their, their sons or daughters uh, for, you know, what is now turned into a pretty significant uh, period of time. So I, I think that you, you, when, you, when you look at the, the success that we've had on the courts, fields, tracks, pools, mats, courses, um, it, it's, uh, I think it's pretty impressive standalone. Um, but then you think about it uh, as it relates to doing that in the middle of a pandemic. You know, we're winding up um, our winter sports, our basketball seasons, our wrestling, our hockey. Um, and, uh, and sure, you know, we've, we've had some seasons that uh, where, where we wish that, that we'd want a little bit more. Um, but again, I'll go back to 
to our values. It's, it's always been about the health and safety um, of our student athletes, our coaches, our staff, and, and ultimately our role in keeping our community safe. Um, and we've done that really, really well. Um, but, but then you look at the, the, the other side of it, and, and that is that uh, we, won, uh, uh, we won the, the dual meet, uh, the Big Ten dual meet wrestling uh, title. Uh, we, uh, our, our women's ice hockey program won the CHA regular season for the first time ever, just a, a spectacular season. Um, you look at, uh, where we stand today with eight teams ranked, um, in, in the top 25 and, and lots of the spring sports still, uh, still to, still to come in, in terms of, of rankings. Uh, we've had some great wins, uh, great program wins over the course of, uh, of the last couple of weeks. And I'll be honest, Mitch, it's, it's, you know, certainly for me personally, um, it's, 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 uh, it's seemed getting out and, and getting to, to events and getting to see our student athletes and our coaches on something other than a zoom, uh, has, uh, has returned a little bit of normalcy, uh, for me. And I know in, in talking to some of our alumni and community members and, and others, uh, you know, it's given them whether, you know, most of them have to watch on BTN, uh, but it's given them, uh, a, a little bit, you know, of, of normalcy and bouncing their step and, and, and pride to to remain connected to a Penn State, and obviously that excellence and success, um, you know, they view as normal uh, for us. And 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 so again, you know, maybe a little bit of sense of normalcy uh, amongst a in the midst of a pandemic. <laughs> You mentioned Penn State football being one of just two teams in the Big Ten to complete its entire season. Sandy, what does that say about head coach James Franklin and his program? Oh, I, I think James did a spectacular job, and and what one of the things that that I love uh, about James, and that I loved about that season, despite uh, the what was obviously a challenging start. Um, I'd prefer to remember the way we finished it, uh, which I think says a lot about the young men in our program, says a lot about James and our, our entire staff. But James was absolutely unquestioned health and safety first. I mean, there was never any any doubt. And, you know, you want to talk about who you want to send your son uh, to play for? Uh, you know, it's James Franklin. Uh, because he demonstrated over and over and over again um, that he was about the young men in his program uh, and and far more than just what happens on the football field um, and what the production is uh, on the football field. Now, having said that, obviously we finished with the four straight wins and, and kind of got it turned around and, and, and we've got momentum going into uh, these winter workouts that we're in the middle right now. Um, and into the spring, and then obviously what we're focused on uh, from a department standpoint is uh, coming out of the shoot fast in the, in, in the fall, fall of 2021. Speaking of the word momentum, Penn State fans will continue to ask the question, what comes next with those revised guidelines that the state of Pennsylvania recently put into place? How will that affect events around Penn State athletics moving forward? So there, there are a couple of different ways you, you have to look at that. I mean, obviously, we're sitting here in March of, of 2021 and, and very pleased to see the governor um, feel like uh, that there's enough progress to, to start to revise those standards. But, um, you know, we believe those are just, those are just steps. 
and, and certainly they're going to help us uh, this spring as they relate to uh, to attendance at our at our spring sports well, that had been severely restricted. Um, Severely restricted in terms of numbers based on the governor's orders um, and restricted as well based on the Big Ten uh, protocols, which were families only. Now, we're certainly looking to see if maybe those are going to be revised. The Big Ten uh, protocols are, are going to be revised. Uh, and, and then uh, as well as what does the, how does the governor um, continue to, to look at that? I'll be really honest. Um, what we're focused on from a fan attendance standpoint is the fall. And having being as normal, having as normal uh, a fall as we possibly can. I've already said it earlier. Uh, you know, I, I want every Penn Stater uh, who wants to be in Beaver Stadium this fall to have that opportunity. Uh, and, and I think what we need to do right now. Um, is just be really vigilant uh, about whether it's mask wearing and social distancing and hand sanitization or whether it's being very disciplined about uh, larger events uh, and making sure that that we protect this university and this community's opportunity uh, to maybe have uh, a graduation uh, and, and then obviously focus on and, and, and be really uh, laser-like uh, about the fall and, and, and having the opportunity there. So uh, we're going we're gonna to be cautious uh, right now, uh, but we're going to be cautious with an eye on and a focus on um, being very bullish on, on the fall uh, and making sure that we protect our community and that we get ourselves in a position uh, to have everybody in Beaver Stadium in the fall that wants to be there. You mentioned the fall being a focal point for you guys moving forward as an athletic department. People's eyes can't help but light up when they think about 107,000 plus inside Beaver Stadium, 110,000 for a Penn State wideout. And the question comes, how do you get there? Aside from the mask and all that stuff, how do you get to that point? Well, I, I don't think you can say beside the, the, the masking because I, I do think us protecting our community right now and doing everything we possibly can uh, from, from a, a masking, uh, social distancing, uh, hand sanitation, testing, uh, you know, and again, testing doesn't keep anybody from getting the virus in terms of, of contact, but it, it's, it's all about behavior. If we've learned anything, uh, it's, it's all about behavior. So I think it's, uh, I think getting to, to the fall and, and having, you know, as many people as we possibly can in Beaver Stadium right now is about being uh, disciplined. It's about being vigilant. It's about making sure that truly as all these numbers are going down, that we keep them going down. Um, and, and then of course, you know, vaccination is going to play a role, uh, in this. And, uh, you know, um, I'll tell you what, when I have the opportunity to get a vaccine vaccination, uh, I'm going to get it as quickly as I possibly can. And I don't care which one of the three it is, put it in my arm. Um, and, you know, I, I think vaccination is, is going to play a, a huge part uh, in this. And we've got now, you know, five, five, more than five months um, uh, to prepare for that. And, and I just think we need to be really careful and really vigilant um, about what we do between now and then um, to ensure that, we're, we're back on campus, we have in-person classes, um, and we have the opportunity again for every member of the Penn State family who wants to be 
in Beaver Stadium, Jeffrey Field, BJC, Pagula, uh, Rec Hall, um, uh, Medler Lebrano, Beard Field, uh, our field hockey state, you name it, um, that, uh, that they have the opportunity to, to be there if that's where they want to be. Essentially being a year into the pandemic at this point, how has COVID continued to have a financial impact on Penn State athletics? Well, obviously, Mitch, it's, uh, uh, you know, it's impacted our revenues um, without really any, any fans, any, any ticket sales for any of our, uh, our, our sports. That's been, that's been a huge, a huge hit. Our, uh, our football season was, was truncated um, even from a, a television revenue standpoint. Uh, so that's, uh, th- that's, been a, that's been a big hit. Um, we've been able to mitigate a fair amount of that uh, with expense savings. Um, some of it's been natural just based on activity that we, we didn't engage in. Um, but some of it's also been uh, really uh, tightening the belt and people uh, making sacrifices. Uh, you know, everybody in, in our department uh, took a, took a, a pay reduction, um, and that was really painful. Uh, that was painful for me to ask people to do. Um, I hated to do that, but it was, it was, uh, it was what we needed to do to make sure that, that we, uh, had an opportunity to, to write the ship. Um, and, and the, the, the other side of that is our community has been unbelievable. Uh, and whether that's, um, rolling over their, their football season tickets or donating their football season tickets from, from 2020, um, whether it's donating to our returning senior fund um, or it's uh, donating to our one team initiative that we, we rolled out uh, uh, in the middle of, uh, of last fall. So um, Penn Staters have, have stepped forward uh, in, in a variety of different ways uh, to, to really help us uh, get through this year um, as well as we possibly can to make up for what's probably going to be about a $75 million shortfall in, in revenues. And again, you know, a lot of that, a good portion of that uh, we've addressed through expense reductions. Um, but what we really need to do um, is minimize the lasting impact, obviously huge impact on 2021. Um, but w- what we really need to do is minimize as much as we possibly can uh, the impact on 21, 22, 22, 23, and, and moving on uh, from a financial resources standpoint so that we can get back to um, – uh, we, we may not know what normal is going to look like in terms of our daily lives, uh, but we do know what normal is going to look like for Penn State athletics from the standpoint of excellence and winning um, and, and high character young men and young women who are producing in the classroom. And, um, you know, I hope that it hasn't been lost um, in, 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 the, uh, in the pandemic and, and everything else that we set another new um, graduation rate. Uh, record uh, for Penn State that was that was announced last fall uh, with 92 percent and uh, you know you guys know me I'm looking for 93 94 95 and uh, we're, we're just gonna we're gonna try to keep keep going and um, and that's uh, to do that at a place like Penn State that has always been known for its academic excellence um, I'm really proud of that with those revised guidelines that we've referenced a couple of times now how will those plans impact season ticket holders? Well, the truth of the matter is, Mitch, we, we still, we don't know 
what the conditions will be in September. Uh, obviously, I'm hopeful um, and, and optimistic that we're going to be permitted to have uh, a full Beaver Stadium, um, but but we also have to have lots of plans in between. Um, so at, at this point, uh, we'll be communicating uh, w- with our season ticket holders here in the in the next few weeks. And I, I just want to say uh, I, I want to thank uh, our season ticket holders for uh, for their their rollovers from 2020, uh, their their donations. They've been uh, absolutely phenomenal. Um, but re- going into 2021, uh, we don't want to ask you to make a decision um, until we have some certainty uh, around what 2021 is going to look like. Um, so we're going to be uh, we're going to be rolling out not necessarily some decisions, but communication just to make sure that that our fans know where things sit and and uh, know. Um, uh, what uh, what the timelines might look like uh, between now and uh, and when we open up uh, in uh, in September, uh, and uh, you know we're we're gonna make sure uh, that our season ticket holders don't don't have to to make a decision until they know exactly what that decision entails, what the conditions would look like, uh, and uh, and and how then they activate uh, their season tickets. As you look ahead, have you thought about the moment when you will say in the back of your head, we're finally back to normal? I have, you know, being in Beaver Stadium this last fall with with such a small number and how odd that was. Uh, So I've thought about it in the context of the family being back together again, the Penn State family having the opportunity to do what it does and 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 do so, so well. it might look different. It, it, everybody might have a might need to have a mask on. As a matter of fact, I, I think that's probably something I'm putting my mind's eye around. That we're probably going to be wearing masks for a while. Um, to but you know what, I can make that sacrifice uh, to be uh, to be able to to be in Beaver Stadium or the BJC or Rec Hall to to watch uh, our student athletes wear the blue and white and and uh, you know so there might be some. There might be some uh, some nuances to it, some some changes to it, but um, I believe very very strongly um, that if we take care of business between now and then, um, and, and uh, that uh, if if we've got you know whatever, I'm not a scientist, uh, you know I'm not a doctor. I, I do play one on the Big Ten Medical Subcommittee, but uh, <laughs> um, I, I do I do believe strongly that if we take care of business, we will find ourselves in we will be in a position um, this fall uh, to to you know travel three quarters, eight tenths, nine tenths, a hundred percent back uh, to to being able to focus on student athletes uh, with a whole lot of Penn Staters in, in any of our venues. Spring ball started for Penn State football on March the fifteenth. What will that last practice look like come the middle of April? We've spent a lot of time thinking about what's best for this community, what's best for our football program, and what we're going to do on that final Saturday uh, is have a culminating practice. Uh, it will, we will welcome the families of our student-athletes, uh, but Dr. Barron has decided that his gift to this year's freshmen, who've not had the opportunity to be in Beaver Stadium, will be to invite them to that practice. 
so it'll be families uh, of student athletes and it'll be our freshman class. Uh, we will do a lot of, it'll kind of be a tutorial uh, for them. So they'll be all ready for, uh, for the fall of 2021. We'll do uh, the alma mater. Uh, we'll uh, have the team come out of the tunnel. They'll learn all the cheers and chants and, and ways in which they make uh, Beaver Stadium rock. So Saturday, April 17th will be the last practice uh, for, for spring ball. Uh, it'll be families and friends of uh, our student athletes and, uh, and our freshman class. It'll be, uh, it'll be a lot of fun and it'll be our preparation uh, for welcoming uh, every Penn Stater who wants to be there uh, on September 11th back to, to Beaver Stadium. That's the plan. That's the hope. And uh, Beaver Stadium will be rocking. Well, from that football news, that's exciting, to some recent basketball news. You and your team just wrapped up at search of the 14th head men's basketball coach in program history after announcing the hiring of Micah Shrewsbury. Sandy, what were the deciding factors behind that decision? Well, Mitch, we uh, I was really excited about our pool of candidates, uh, Penn State, Penn State men's basketball, our student athletes uh, in the in the program really attracted a high quality pool, depth and and, and breadth wise. And Micah really rose to the top based on his experiences, his depth of experiences as they related to high quality programs at the level we want to compete. And then obviously those six years in the NBA, I think were were really important. Um, but he came back to college because. He recognized he was a college guy, wanted to be, wants to be a head coach in college, wants to mentor, coach uh, young men, develop uh, young men uh, in that college age group. And, uh, and that really says a lot about who he is. So that's actually the second piece. The first piece is obviously the basketball expertise. The second piece is what he values, who he is, what's important to him. And um, I think all of those aligned uh, with Penn State. And I'm just I'm thrilled to, uh, to welcome Micah and Molly and uh, the entire family to Happy Valley. Well, for more information on Micah, please check out our in-depth interviews on gopsusports.com. I had a full interview with Coach Shrewsbury as well as Sandy on that specific topic. Let's completely shift gears. March marks Women's History Month around the world. And Sandy, as you reflect back on your career, who trailblazed the path for you? Well, to be honest with you, Mitch, it was, uh, it was a number of women in the Big Ten so remember, I started my career at uh, at Northwestern um, in the in the early to mid '80s, and I'm going to say there weren't a lot. I'm I'm trying to think if there were any <laughs> uh, women athletic directors at the Division One level at that point in time. Um, so the leaders, the the female leaders that I looked to. were were the associate athletic directors, senior women's administrators um, at the Big Ten level. Um, Phyllis, uh, Phyllis Hallett was, uh, was in the Big Ten office. Um, Phyllis Bailey uh, was uh, at, uh, at Ohio State. Uh, Carol Cars was at Illinois. Sandy McCullough was my boss at, uh, at Northwestern. And, um, you know, those women were absolutely fantastic uh, to me. They, uh, they saw this uh, kind of whippersnapper 24, 25-year-old who, you know, said she was going to be an athletic director, and they're like, yeah, right. Um, but they also wanted to help me. You know, they knew that probably wasn't going to happen in their time, um, but if I was brash enough to say that's what I wanted to do, then they wanted to help. 
and and they were um, they they were phenomenal. Uh, they they really were. They uh, you know nobody nobody chastised me for my dreams, and and uh, uh, you know I'm sure a couple of them smiled and were like you know sure, uh, but but most of them said how do we help you how do we help you get there or or here's how I can help you. And uh, ironically, uh, as I sit here today as the athletic director at Penn State, it, uh, it was the associate AD, uh, Phyllis Bailey, at, at Ohio State um, that, that probably was, uh, was the, most, uh, the most helpful, the most gracious, uh, uh, the most um, optimistic uh, with me. And, uh, you know, at some point there towards the end of my time at Northwestern, I made a decision to go back and get my MBA. And uh, I remember, I remember Phyllis saying, "Well, I sure hope this doesn't mean you're leaving the business because we need you." And I'll never forget that. If you could go back and give 24-year-old Sandy Barber one piece of advice, what would you tell her? Yeah, that's easy. I've thought a lot about that one, and it's you know, don't be in a hurry. Don't don't wish it away. I mean, I've been doing this, Mitch, now for almost 40 years, and I started at six, but. Uh, <laughs> Um, the time has just flown and I know that there were times that I was in a hurry. You know, I want, I want this, I want more responsibility. I want to be an athletic director. I want to be an athletic director at this, you know, whatever it is. And, and, and I think, um, I think far too often I was just too much in a hurry and, uh, there's, there's no need for it. I mean, you know. 40, 50 year career is a long time. You got, you got plenty of time to achieve all your dreams and aspirations. On the flip side of that, for somebody that is an up and coming future athletic director in the sports industry that looks up to you as a trailblazer, what's your advice to them? Uh, be themselves. You know, I know that that sounds a little cliche ish, but, um, Number one, be yourself because that's where you'll have the most impact. That's where you'll be the most effective. The, 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 the most detrimental thing you can do is, is try to be something you're not. Um, and I think I've always felt that way. But I would say in the last 10 years, maybe I've added this other piece, which is be yourself and help others to see that they can be themselves. Um, and, and so obviously that, that plays into, uh, you know, a, a workplace that is very inclusive and very open um, and very inviting. Um, and I think as leaders, that's one of the very, very best things we can do. Sandy, appreciate your time. Thanks for joining us. Thank you, Mitch. Great to, great to be with you and great to see you across the conference table here. <laughs>